This is the Lions Unchained podcast, where the shackles of your mind are broken. It's not for the faint-hearted, but the chosen few who've embraced the call to leadership, dare to venture where others will not, and believe in God's supernatural power. Join Carl Joseph now for a life-changing word. Get ready to be unleashed into your destiny. Friend, let me ask you, are you a worrier? Do you worry often? Are you always thinking about tomorrow and regretting the things of yesterday? Friend, somebody described worry as a misuse of your imagination. Wiz Khalifa said, worrying is stupid. It's like walking around with an umbrella waiting for it to rain, and it certainly has a negative disposition. Let me share some alarming facts and statistics with you about worry and the potential damage it might be having upon your psyche and ultimately your physical body. Now, according to the medical journals, one in 20 of us suffer from generalized anxiety order at some stage in our lives. And what's interesting is that anxiety doesn't discriminate by age, but can manifest itself in multiple ways in either gender or any race. A recent study found that baby boomers, as they get older, 66% worry about gaining weight, 30% worry about losing hair, 28% worry about getting facial wrinkles, and 24% worry about getting gray hair. What's not commonly known, however, to most people is the hormonal effect worry can have on the body. Excessive adrenaline, increased blood sugar levels, and increased triglycerides or blood fat are all byproducts of people who have a tendency to remain in a state of anxiety over longer periods. Over the long term, prolonged sufferers of anxiety have difficulty in swallowing, rapid heartbeat, stomach ulcers, adrenal fatigue, inability to concentrate, lack of sleep, frequent headaches, and a whole host of other maladies that I don't have time to mention. Worry can also impact our brain function, friend, often disturbing our peace of mind or even making us absent-minded. The stress hormones that worry dumps into our system has been known to shrink the brain, lower IQ, and even lead to heart disease. Along the lines of worry, anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the United States, affecting 40 million adults, or 18% of the population. Anxiety disorders cost the U.S. more than $42 billion a year, and people with anxiety disorder are three to five times more likely to go to the doctor and six times more likely to be hospitalized than the average person without any anxiety issues. If worry is not offset, it can eventually lead to depression if we're not careful. So my question to you is this, friend. Are you thinking about what you're thinking about? Are you relaying past regrets over and over in your mind, which you can do nothing to change, or pontificating about tomorrow's outcome, which the Lord has given no grace to address, but grace only for today? Someone once said, no person can ever be happy until he has learned to enjoy what he has and to not worry over what he does not have. And there's so much truth to that statement. Friend, recently I'd become a victim of worry myself. I just wasn't feeling myself. I even started to suffer from some of these symptoms I just mentioned. And the Lord corrected me one day with his still small voice. And he said, you're worrying too much, my son. You need to cast your care upon me as your body is now being impacted. Friend, as you might suspect, for a pastor, there's plenty of opportunity to be doing some worrying, let me tell you. 
to be honest, friend, in the past, I wasn't much of a worrier, but it had slowly crept up on me, and I hadn't realized the impact it was starting to have on my mind and body. Now, what's interesting is that generalized anxiety is not specific in the sense that one can feel a general disposition of uneasiness or evil forebodings about the future, but it isn't tied to anything in particular. That's the thing with anxiety. And because it's not tied to anything explicit, it's not always easy to counteract. Someone once said, 80% of what we worry about never happens anyway, so why worry about the rest? As the saying goes, don't sweat the small stuff. Friend, like I said before, peace is something that should abide with us Christians always. It's actually something that Christ has deposited within us. And if we have lost our peace, then we have messed up somewhere. Remember Psalm 91.1 in the Amplified Version. It says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty. This secret place is a place of rest in God, and it's something we should treasure at all times. To abide in Christ is to be at rest, and there's no greater evidence of faith than resting, because in doing so we are demonstrating our belief that God is taking care of everything. Remember Hebrews 4.3, friend. It says, we who have believed shall enter into rest, and we should stay there permanently. I personally love the illustration that Jesus gave his disciples in Matthew 6.25. And let's read that now. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, they neither sow nor reap, nor gather in to barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now right here, friend, Christ makes it plain that if he can take care of the birds, animals, and the flowers, then he can take care of you. As a human being, you are the pinnacle of God's creation and his crowning achievement. We are the very highest order of God's creation, created in his image and likeness. Remember he said the fowls of the air, they neither sow nor reap, and sing all day long without a care in the world. Yet you, friend, who gives to God and ties your income and provides offerings as the Lord leads, you who are sowing into God's kingdom, how much more are you going to be taken care of? Friend, God has your back. He can take care of all your needs. But it's so important that you cast your care onto his shoulders. Because if you have the problem, he doesn't. And if he has it, you don't. Now let's read on in this passage in verse 30. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Friend, God only gives grace for today, not tomorrow. When we get to tomorrow, there will be grace for it. But it's futile attempting to worry about tomorrow because there's nothing we can do about it. 
Our focus should always be Christ and his kingdom first and foremost, as it outlines in verse 33. We must seek him above all other desires in this life, and when we do so, our provision and providence is assured. We need to make our priorities align with Christ's priorities and be confident of his provision. Did you also notice, friend, that Jesus said we take a thought by saying it? He said, take no thought saying, what shall we eat or drink? Friend, if Satan tries to send a fiery dart into your mind or interject his agenda into your soul, then if you start speaking it out, you've agreed with him. And friend, we don't want to be doing that because once we're in agreement with the enemy, then we've given him place in our lives. We don't want to be complicit with Satan's agenda, friend. We need to counteract this by speaking God's word over the situation. So much of worry is merely carrying on a conversation with Satan in our minds. We cannot outthink the enemy, but we can outtalk him. One of my good friends and mentors once described worry as this. It's carrying on a conversation with the enemy in our mind. You see, friend, so much of worry revolves around the postulations of tomorrow or the regrets of yesterday. But in reality, this is nonsensical because we can do nothing to change either yesterday or tomorrow. Yes, we can plan for it, certainly, but we can't control the course of events. Our minds sometimes work like this. Well, you aren't going to have enough money for the rent by the end of the month, or how are you going to pay for that? What's going to happen on your job? You know, things look bad right now, etc., etc. Quite often, worry comes in the form of a question, as it did to Jesus in Luke 4 and Matthew 4. In his time of temptation, Satan threw fiery darts at Christ in the form of questions also. Friend, there's no better way to end the cycle of worry than by speaking the truth over the situation. And that truth is found in God's word. We need to make a statement of truth to quench the fiery prognostications that come to our mind about tomorrow or the reminders of past failures and regrets. Now let's turn to a very famous passage that has helped me enormously down the years. And I'm going to read it in the Amplified Version because I think it speaks to us directly in our everyday language. This is Philippians 4, verses 6 through 7. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything by prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. And God's peace, which transcends all understanding, shall garrison and mount God over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Friend, did you know that many people are not effective in their prayer life because they're praying and worrying at the same time? And that's what I had begun to do. Praying and worrying will cause a net sum of zero in our prayer life. But the word says here in this passage, we are to cast our cares firstly and then pray. But if we don't cast our cares first, this is unscriptural. We could also become the double-minded man spoken of in the book of James. We don't want to do that, friend. Worry is a sin, but few wish to talk about this. Many people think of worrying as a hobby or a pastime. But no, friend, worry will kill you in the long term unless you get rid of it. I urge you to draw a line in the sand today and say no more. I'm casting my care upon the Lord. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. And I release all false yokes I've agreed to in my thought life. In this passage I just read, it also says that the peace of God will come once more when we've cast our care and prayed in that order. We must cast our care, then pray, 
and finally peace will return. Where's the scripture for that? I'm glad you asked. Let's read 1 Peter 5, 7. Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all, on him. For he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. Friend, I sincerely desire you to cast all your care upon the Lord today, once and for all. Whenever you feel like the cares of this world are building up on you again, friend, you verbally cast your cares on Christ's shoulders one more time. We don't need to be doing it over and over again, but make it a one-time decision. Jesus cares for you deeply and affectionately. He knows the number of hairs on your head and forged you in your mother's womb that he might enjoy an eternal relationship with you. We must relieve ourselves of the burdens and cares of this life. Some people think they should at least carry some of the burdens around, but God doesn't want us to carry any burdens whatsoever. Remember also in Matthew 13:22, Jesus warned in the parable of the sower that the cares of this world can choke the seed of God's word and cause it to become unfruitful in our lives. Friend, we want to maximize the harvest of God's word in our lives. We don't want a crop failure. You see, friend, worry had snuck up on me, and I didn't think I was worrying about anything, to be honest, but the Lord told me I was. It wasn't something I had struggled with too much in my life, but now I was practicing it daily. I was praying and worrying at the same time, and my prayer life was becoming ineffective as a result. Friend, it's time to cast your care, leave the weight of weariness, and put it all on Christ's shoulders once and for all, and never take it back. We are unique, friend. We are in the kingdom of God. We're joined to Christ and we're co-heirs with him. We are sons and daughters of God. And how dare we even question God's commitment to taking care of us on a daily basis and providing our needs. You've been listening to Carl Joseph and the Lions Unchained podcast. Carl is a minister who has witnessed God's miraculous power to save, heal, and deliver. Carl covers topics such as geopolitics, current affairs, cults, societal trends, and end-time events, all through a biblical lens. Every Monday, new podcasts are uploaded, so stay tuned for the next opportunity to roar into victory. Check out carljosephministries.com for exciting articles, teachings, and discussion points. See you next week, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button. to spread the good news.